Well, a couple of days back, I had an opportunity to sit down at the IDT headquarters in Newark, New Jersey with Howard Jonas, author of the book, I'm Not the Boss, I Just Work Here. That conversation is next at JM in the AM. Howard Jonas is with us. Howard Jonas is a successful serial entrepreneur, best known for founding IDT, a multi-billion dollar international telecommunications corporation at the age of 33, and he has served as chairman since its inception. He actively supports several charities nationally in his community and serves as a trustee on numerous university, hospital, Jewish, and social social service organization boards. He is author of the book, I Am Not the Boss, I Just Work Here, which is an update of the uh, book by the same title that came out uh, almost 20 years ago. Mr. Howard Jonas, thank you for welcoming us into your IDT headquarters here in Newark, New Jersey. Thanks for coming. A pleasure. Why did the book need an update? Uh, a lot of people over the years have, uh, you know, I wrote two books. One was like a bigger book on business, right. but nobody ever calls me about that one. Um, but a lot of people over the years, you know, people, particularly people who are depressed, um, have called me up, um, you know, come to visit, maybe almost even, you know, one every couple of weeks. And the book's been out of print for so long, and um, I had a good relationship with Corin, and I said, why don't you publish the book again? They said, okay. So um, I, th- I, th- I thought it would help people. I don't, Major uh, differences from the first time around, or, or virtually no difference in between now and the first time around? There's a very interesting um, like introduction update about you know all the things that have gone on since. Right. Um, you know, one of the things the book was about was going through depression. And you're using and the term clinically. You're not just cl- cl- clinical right. depression. And um, it was actually a baby depression compared to one that I had after I wrote the book. Right. So you know, I, I like sort of glossed over that. Uh, we're here together during a very interesting week because in addition to so many of your pursuits in the business and social world, telecommunications, natural gas, uh, medical research, comics and animation, movies, um, uh, politics, radio stations even. You've dabbled in a lot of things over the years. The politics thing must be prominent for you this week with the change that's going on in Washington D.C. Do you worry, and, and you said to us back in 2004, when we did the interview the first time this book was released, you said to us, you have a love for this country. You love the United States of America. You went into a, a, a long um, uh, monologue at that time on the air about a visit you had recently been to the Rocky Mountains and what the United States means to you in general, especially the New York area. Do you fear for the future of this country? Yeah, everybody worries about their children, you know, like how their life is going to be and how they'll grow up and stuff and, um, you know, about their parents. Um, So, of course I worry, but I think the future is bright. I I think our best days are ahead of us. I mean, this has been a little bumpy patch. Yeah. um, But it's just a bumpy patch. I mean, people are making more of it than it needs to be for, you know, political advantage on one side or the other. So there's no need to call Chuck Wallace yet? Because um, you might... Re- <laughs> right, 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 right. I said he's going to hide me during the revolution. <laughs> Correct, because you uh-huh. may recall that Chuck, as you wrote in your book, 
who was a black friend of yours in the seventh grade, said that he'll make sure you'd be treated well after the Black Panthers seize control of the country. After the revolution. Right. Well, you know, somebody asked me the other day, you know, have I ever seen it this bad? Um, and I said, yeah, the late 60s right. were like now. Um, well, you have you one know, paragraph the, the, that, would, that describes the late 60s. It looks even worse than what we have now, frankly. You know, I was younger, so I, I maybe didn't understand as many aspects of it, but um, the country will be fine. I, I mean, I hope our relationship with Israel will be as good. Um, I hope we do as many good things, but um, there are a lot of things wrong in the country, but we'll fix them. It's, it's interesting because there's so many who support Republican politics. I don't think it's a secret that that's generally your preference. Right. Uh, there are so many who worry about the future, worry if there ever can be another Republican president, the way the demographics are going in this country, wonder now that the Senate essentially is Democratic. I know it's even, but you get my point. Uh, and, and, of course, the House is Democratic. And wondering all three, all three houses of government are now Democratic. You know, what does that mean for the immediate future? But you are painting a very optimistic picture. For somebody who's, who's known for battling depression, that's a, that's a good sign for all of us that you are – <laughs> looking at this in such a positive way. Look, um, <laughs> I mean, the, the Republicans p- picked up a huge number of seats, you know, in the House. Right. Um, they won most of the Senate elections. Um, they would have won Georgia too if the president wasn't, you know, didn't spend the whole campaign pretending that he won. Um, you know, and, and they ran that running with him. Right. Um, you know, if they would have been running with Reagan, it would have been a landslide. Right. Um, so I'm I'm not worried about the um, the goodness or the uh, the rationality of of the people in this country. Um, it, it'll it'll be good. Wow. Uh, Howard Jonas with us. The book is called I'm Not the Boss. I Just Work Here. Uh, A reference, of course, to the one above being the real boss, right, just to make it clear for our listeners. Uh, It's a Toby Press release from Cora, and you can go to tobypress.com, tobypress.com. Seventeen years ago, one of the uh, conversations we had was in my studio, and at that point, when this book had just come out, and at that point you said that uh, you were preparing for a year in Israel. And when I asked you why you would embark on that, you said because you believe, based on your research, that if you as a, as a couple, you and your wife and, and your small kids at that point, spent a year in Israel, chances are that a good number of your own children will plant their own roots eventually in Israel. Is that what happened? Uh, I must have been smarter when I was younger than now. <laughs> um, yeah, in fact, um, uh, Three of two of my children live there now right. with um, with the, the families. Um, one daughter had cancer this year, um, and so you know we brought her in to treat her at, at uh, Sloan Kettering and so forth. Um, and she's going back in February, so that'll be three. Wow. Um, That's great. My oldest daughter is making Aliyah in um, in the summer with her family, so that would be four of nine. Um, my, uh, my fifth son, my you know, middle child, and his wife told us that they're 
uh, now I don't say it's happening for a hundred percent, but said they're planning to move to Renana in uh, in the summer. And I have a uh, you know um, of the other four. You know, one served in the IDF. It's a chance, you know, after medical school or whatever, he, he would go back. Um, uh, I, I, the, the majority of our kids, yeah. I, I, th- I, th- I think so, the majority of our kids will wind up living there. In hindsight, it worked. And, and would, you, would you all these years later attribute it to that, or there are many other factors? Well, you know, you took them there every summer, right. or Zionists at home. It's also a great country. It sells okay. itself. Um, it does sell itself, well. You know, you want to be part of Jewish history, not just watch it. Right. So, Have um, you been able to visit Israel during COVID? I'm, I don't know if that's, <laughs> if that's a <laughs> private matter that I should ask about, but I'm just curious if you've been able to be there over the, la- be there I, over the last I, year. I, I was able to get there. I was able to get a pass to get there for four days. And I overstayed the pass by a couple of days, and then they banned me from the country for me for a year. So they recently said um, they reinstated. They're, they're, they're lifting the ban, and I, <laughs> I, can, I can come back. Um, so, uh, so we we just um, you know the list of people who've been banned from the state of Israel. Right, right. <laughs> so me, 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 me and, the, and the guy around the mafia. Exactly, that's what I was about uh, to say. Yeah. Um, what, what, I forget his name. I'll uh, think of it in a second. Um, I have a check of his. In I my should office. know it because he's a Lower East Sider. I should know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we 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 just bought a like a a, a beach house in um, Kazaria. Kazaria. Yeah. Kazaria. Sure. So, you know, my wife. So we're planning to spend you know four or five months a year there, starting when this ever this thing ends. All but right. but starting with Perm this year. So. Um, Please God, the one-year anniversary of COVID in this country. Yeah. Um, Howard Jonas is with us. It must be interesting for you with everything that you've explored and invested in when it comes to medical research to see what's happened over the last year, what the president, uh, President Trump, did in terms of Operation Warp Speed. You can give us an opinion if you think it went well or not. And what's going on now as people are desperate for vaccinations in this country, and either the supply is not there or the organization is not there. How do you view what's happening right now after all the attention you've given to medical research in that department over the last few years? I'm very happy that, you know, Big Pharma came to the rescue, um, the only competent people in this whole thing. Um, I've never seen the government. I mean, I've always felt government is incompetent. You know, I'm sort of a libertarian, but... I've never seen anything like this, um, y- you know, but especially since the vaccine came out, like with all their list of priorities, who to get it first and how to hand it out, like they've ensured that nobody gets it. Right. Like all they should have done is just send it to CVS and everybody would be injected. Right. Um, and people would line up and they wouldn't care how many hours it would take. They know they'd eventually get it. Right, right. So I've, I've, it, it's it's. It's difficult to believe, like, you know, almost every state, you know, it, it's hard. Like, I, I mean, it has to be, like, almost from heaven. Like, it's it's almost impossible that there could be this level of incompetence so broadly spread, like, in all 50 states almost. So, like, if, God, so if God, as we know, is, in fact, the boss, right, right, as you indicate on your cover, he not only can make sure things go well, he could also supervise or instill incompetency. Uh, here as well when it comes to certain things, if he feels it's appropriate. Yeah, ma- maybe he's trying to make everybody libertarian. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's 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 beyond belief. 
Um, we did get, you know, the shot at Park here. And two days after we got the right. shot, it was like the the organization that gave it to it is illegal. And, right. you know, Obtained so forth, it so illegally or not. <laughs> you right. know, it's crazy. Um, has there been – we know that one of your um, key interests is cancer research and literally trying to find a cure for cancer. And I read recently that, that there's actually been uh, an advance under your – um, under your research team, I guess we would say, in, in treating pancreatic cancer. Now, for right. those of us familiar with cancers, that's one of the worst. And the reason I say it like that, because obviously all of them are terrible, but I say it like that because there's been so little one can do for a pancreatic cancer patient o- over the last uh, couple of decades. What type of advances have we made in that area? We, we You know, I, I don't, I don't want to – I don't want to in any way get the FDA upset by, you know, because we're going to be co- coming to them for approval this year by, you know, approving a non-approved drug. But they do allow you, you know, they have been allowing us to give the drug on compassionate care. Um, Has it to, worked? To people come to us. And w- we've had phenomenal results. Um, you know, quite a, you know, I mean, some people have had complete remissions, which never happens. Um you know, and pancreatic and, you know, just, um, you know, some of it, I mean, some of the guys that got the stuff years ago been been around like five years. Um, it, it's, um, uh, I think it, it, it's definitely a breakthrough. It's not um, a breakthrough for everybody. You know, like a, a large percentage of our patients do very well. Um, you know, a smaller percentage seem to be able to return to their normal lives. Um, but we, we've had very positive indications, you know, with our research that we're going to be able to, um, you know, in, increase the number of people that are able to go back to a normal life, have a much longer life. Will it help with other cancers, those that are either stage four, and usually we we assume there's not much hope, or other cancers that, again, liver cancer and others that that don't have much progress yet when it comes to cures? We've been doing very well in the digestive tract, so we're doing well with biliary and... um, and uh, uh, colorectal. Um, we're doing well with blood cancers, with AML and lymphomas. We haven't gone after the, uh, you know, the company was around for a long time before I took it over. Right. So the uh, patent protection isn't that um, doesn't last that much longer. So if you if you if you get often drug designation, if you're working on diseases that you know affect less than seventy thousand people a year, mm-hmm. whatever, um, the hundred thousand, whatever the number is, the, the FDA will give you an often drug designation, and then if you get approved, you get seven to seven and a half years exclusivity. Right. So we've stayed away from the very big cancers um, like breast and and lung because. We wouldn't have any protection dealing with mm-hmm. them anyway, so so we don't actually know um, how we would do with breast br- with uh, with breast um, and lung cancer, lung or brain. Yeah. But on all the other ones, um, not all the other ones, but but on on most of the ones we've tested, it's been very effective because we're going after the um, 
the plot of the cell that makes energy um, and the mitochondria. Uh, Is it all about money? In other words, you are surrounded by so many amazing experts who if they just had the funds, they'd be able to get to the finish line on these things? Or is it not only about the money? No, it's, you know, I mean, the, the drug itself, like, God must have, I mean, the only possibility is God sent this drug because, you know, it came from the most unlikely scientists and, you know, with the, uh, it's just a miracle. Um, <laughs> but on the second stage, you know, of making it better, what we've actually done is we've gone, like, to the very best scientists in the world who, you know, are, like, in Princeton and Penn and Rockefeller University and so forth, and we sort of have you know, co-opted them and the whole institutions to get involved in this. And then, you know, so you, you, you constantly have to be working the politics of, you know, what Princeton will let you do and what, you know, this university will let you do and to get all the professor's time and to hire his best, you know, graduate students to work for you so that he concentrates on it more and so forth, which, you know, I don't think Big Pharma has the time to, you know, hold right. hold these... They're not bad people. I'm saying prima donnas right. in, the, in, the, in the sense of ballet. They, they you know, need, but to, to, they hold need, the, to hold their hands. Right. Know, they need colleagues to do, take care of that stuff for them. They need other people who yeah, you need work people to alongside take care. them. Right, Right, and I like to hold right. the hands of like geniuses who, you know, <laughs> whatever, who need a little hold. Hand need a little hold. Howard Jodas is here. I'm not the boss. I just work here as the book. Um, it's funny. So much of this conversation, we've, we're talking about Big Pharma for obvious reasons because of the cancer research and because COVID vaccinations are now so you know prominent in our lives and so important in our lives. Yet you make the point that when it comes, if I'm understanding it correctly, when it comes to your own situation um, that you went through, clinical depression, again, you're willing to speak to and help whoever you can in this area, the less medication you found, the better off you were. Yes. Do you sometimes worry that in this area, and I know it's hard to make a generalization, people need to take this with a grain of salt, but do you sometimes think that, that this country sometimes in situations like that are over-medicated? Oh, that, that, I mean, yeah, the people are definitely over-medicated, and, you know, and I, I think, listen, it helps some people, but a lot of people, once they get on it, that you know, they never get off it, they become sort of dull and everything, but we, you know, we looked at... Um, we looked at buying a drug that was an anti-suicidal drug, you know, that had like a pretty good record as an anti-suicidal drug. And when I was talking to the scientists involved, like how it works, he says, they all work the same way. He says, they, you know, you, you, you make either less serotonin or more serotonin or more dopamine or less dopamine, and that's the only two things we know how to do. So, you know, every single drug in this field is just you know a different combination of switching your serotonin and dopamine, and I think you're best off not switching it. I mean, I've I've found you know you you know with dopamine, if you increase the dopamine, you feel better for a little bit. Um, certainly, if you increase it, if you have Parkinson's, you'll feel better for a couple of years before it falls off completely. Um, but it does quickly fall off, you know, in, in the psychological diseases and the same thing with the serotonin. And then, you know, you become dependent on it. Um, you know, all different parts of your brain stop functioning, um, you know, your desires and stuff. So, um, and also psychiatric profession, horrible profession. I mean, the, the, there's, a 
a huge brain-body connection. So, you know, it could be that your pineal gland's now working, or it could be that um, your thyroid's now working, or it could be, um, I'm trying to think of all the different glands there are, but they're, they're all different things right. that, you, you know, I mean, it could be a problem with your liver. Um, but like, when is the last time that a psychiatrist ever gave you a blood test or took off a thesoscope to see, you know, how your heart is doing and so forth? Right. Um, so so you it, were, yeah. it's, it's terrible. These guys go to medical school for four years um, and then they study psychiatry for three years and then all they do is give you pills, you know, and sometimes talk to you. Um, and I would guess half the time, you know, if they would treat like the underlying physical problem or a physical problem that may have come as a result and is then, you know, feeding the problem, they, they could make you better. But um, I think there's like one psychiatrist in the country who might be an endocrinologist. You know, it's just, um, you know, it's a disgrace. I mean, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be allowed to be called doctors because they don't function as doctors. They so, should, they're, they're magicians. So you know? attribute your recovery to whatever medication helped you and what else? Were there other keys as well? I think I reached bottom and, you know, someplace at the bottom. Like, I got back some self-confidence. Like, you know, I dumped the medicine. Like, you know, God help me to... to um, to pick myself up, um, uh, I did, I did, um, start to take a lot of this anti-aging kind of stuff and, you know, start to pay more attention to, you know, my health and hormones and running and so forth and so on. I, 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 I don't think too many people get better from psychiatric diseases sitting, talking to their psychiatrist. You know, um, I, uh, it's funny because you tell the story, the joker, about the guy with the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That uh, you know, it, it's his decision what he wants that for lunch every day. Don't complain if you if you're the one making your own lunch and you keep making a lunch you don't enjoy. Right. Well, you know, what are people really to do? You know, because I, I, I mean, it's not like if you get to get. You know, depression, you see your cardiologist, you know, that would be insane. Um, you know, there's really nobody else who, who treats it. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think that, I, I don't think um, psychiatry is often the solution. Right. By the way, his name is Meyer Lansky. Who, Meyer Lansky, yes. Who, of yes. course, never forgave the state of Israel. In specific, I think... Um, um, Minister Borg, he never forgave for, for keeping him, for what he felt was abandoning him and keeping him out of Israel. Uh, finally, what are these strong business interests today? We've, uh, if you look at the book, and everybody should get it, I'm not the boss, I just work here. You mentioned some of the things you've been involved with. Uh, as I said earlier on the list, there were things like movies and comics and animation and uh, medical research we touched on, natural gas, which was something you pursued uh, around the time we first spoke about this. Uh, telecommunications is obvious. What, what's dominating your workday these days? Well, you know, I think when you turn something over to somebody, like you have to let them be in charge. So my, my, my eldest son, Shmuel, runs IDT. 
and they do very well in uh, you know in telecom, in international money wiring, in cloud um, cloud storage and cloud services, um, and in uh, point to purchase terminals at like all the bodegas and stuff. Um, and he, he asked me to give him advice, um, but you know, it's a, you know, they're closing in on a couple billion dollars a year in revenue. They're doing well. Um, my son-in-law Michael runs the energy business. Um, I think we're closing in on about a half million accounts worldwide that we provide, you know, electric and gas to. Um, we're also recycling oil and stuff in Israel, and you know, hope to be doing that around the world. Um, the entertainment company, um, it's, it's picking up. Um, you know, we, we have a show on Netflix and one on Apple and one on uh, uh, Sci-Fi. Um, and, you know, once COVID gets over, we'll be able to, to do more shows. Right. And, um, but, the, you know, people are sitting home reading books and doing puzzles, so the business is doing, you know, n better. Nice. Um, the uh, the only business not doing real well right now is our original business. You know, we still distribute brochures to hotel lobbies. Um, you know, for tourist attractions. So um, that was the original business. That's the original business, and that's you know nobody's you know COVID is still keeping people out of hotels. <laughs> right. But uh, but I'm I'm very optimistic for you know like after the vaccine. Yeah, like I have people a feeling. Go back to travel. Everyone, not just go back. I think the world's going to be anxious to just go somewhere and do things. I, I think so. I mean, like a, a, a biggest, you know, a biggest single, we do it all over the country, but the biggest single group of attractions are the Broadway shows. Right. And, I, you know, I think there'll be huge pent-up demand to see Broadway shows when, Agreed. you know, when it's all over. So how's the boss doing? Is the uh, boss, the real boss, the one above, has he been uh, very kind, generous? Uh, I think you would say to everybody, not just to you. I think you would say he's kind, benevolent, and generous to everybody. Yeah, I, listen, our daughter got well this year. I mean, she also got married. Um, Mazel tov. Uh, we have 24 grandchildren, you know, expecting another. Um, you know, it, it looks like, God willing, like, you know, um, we'll cure some people's cancer. Right. Can, what's the complaint? It's uh, like it's... Uh, it's employ um, a lot of people, which is important. We employ a lot of people. That's very important. And um, internationally, right? I mean, you're employing people around the world. Right, right around the yeah. world in Israel. Um, it's pretty exciting to get up every day, you know. So, um, I mean, I'm dealing with a guy now who's... Uh, he's a, you know, real mentor to me, you know, and maybe the most important guy in pharma. And, um, you know, the, we're about to, you know, take the company more public or whatever. And, you know, maybe there'll be other companies we'll be negotiating with. And I really want this guy with me. And he just told me, Howard, you know, I'm 75 years old. Like, I'm only, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 75. You know, he says, I'm, I'm, you know, people only work to their 75. I said, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, that's ridiculous. He says, listen, for you, I'm going to give you two years. You know, I'm going to work till you're 76. 
says, we can't make any deal past 76. He said, my wife will kill me. You know, like, I said, no, your wife will want you to keep working and so forth. So, you know, I don't know. I'm 64. So, I, you know, maybe that means I have 11 years. But, um, but you know, right now I don't feel like that the end is in sight. Right. You keep going. And you keep going and doing a lot of things for a lot of people. And your philanthropy is well noted and much appreciated. Uh, the book is called I'm Not the Boss. I just work here. Howard Jonas, thank you so much for inviting us here today. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Uh, it's a Toby Press release. Go to tobypress.com. And uh, more coming up uh, here on JM in the AM.